Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Have you ever wondered why uh, those that are closest to you in relationship are also the ones that can irritate you the most? You understand what I'm talking about? I mean, there's a reason why people sometimes jokingly call family reunions family rebellions. Why is it that your siblings, whom you love so much, can at the same time make you so angry? And why is it that your parents can just really get under your skin? Is there anybody whose parents get under your skin? Teenagers, you can't answer that right now. Yeah, you'd do anything for your parents, wouldn't you? Why is it that your kids can drive you crazy sometimes, yet the most, or most of the effort and the work that we do in this life is for the very purpose of making their lives better? They say you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives. Family relationships can be extremely difficult, and at the same time, they can be so incredibly rewarding. And the main reason is the fact that we have a love for them that is naturally produced because of our familiarity with them. In our English language, we call this love or the love that we have for our family because it's the only word we have, right? And it encompasses all the different kinds of love, which can be a little confusing. However, in the Greek language, the language in which the Bible was originally written, at least the New Testament, there are four main words for love, which we've been talking about, And the love that we possess naturally for our families is the word storge. Everybody say storge. 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 We've covered eros, which is sensual or romantic love, a love that is reserved for those within a one-man, one-woman covenant marriage relationship. Can you say amen? amen? We've also covered phileo, which is that affectionate friendship kind of love. It's non-romantic, yet it can be very intimate. It's a giving kind of love between two people who are best friends. And today we're going to dive into the meaning of storge, which is family love or familial love. Storge, simply put, is the natural affection that is felt between family members. And the word family has such an interesting Um, and really rich entomology, the word can be traced back to the Latin word familia. And I'm not just talking, yo, cool, man, it's familia. All right, I'm not doing that. (laughs) The actual Latin word is familia. And uh, yeah, some of you understood what I was saying. (laughs) Just say it, I'm the whitest person you've ever seen, and that's okay. (laughs) I'm okay with that. But it's the word familia. It's the same root word in which we get our word familiar. The word originally referred to a household and even the servants within that household and the bond that they all had with one another. It suggests that the concept of family was closely linked to the idea of a group working together for the benefit of a common household. This highlights the idea of a shared responsibility and interdependence within a given home. And the way the Bible defines the family can really be summed up this way, Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. God created man and because man was all alone, God created woman. 
They became one flesh and the first family was born. This is the first institution given by God to man. Marriage forms the family. And I think this is an important point, and I've said it before, but the ensuing children from that marriage do not start the family. The family started the day you said, I do. That was a family, a man and a woman coming together in marriage. And I think that's an important thing to bring out because we live in a world where uh, many homes are so child-centered that we forget that they are, should be marriage-centered, right? That's a family. The kids, they're extra gravy. Turn to your kids if you're sitting by them and say, you're gravy, man. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, you're wonderful. I love gravy. <laughs> but one man, one woman in a marriage covenant relationship, that's a family. That's the beginning of the family. This is also why casual or premarital sex is blatant sin. It flies in the face of God because that, God didn't design the family that way. He designed it this way, and it was his first institution he ever created. Now, there's a number of examples of family love or storge throughout the Bible, even though the actual word storge is never used in Scripture. It's kind of like eros. If you remember, Pastor Jared taught on this, it, it, it's romantic or sensual love. It's strongly implied, that word is, in, in the New Testament, but it's not actually written there in the, original, in the original text. But those who heard it for the first time, who were Greek-speaking, would have, would have understood it just fine because they understood love to be, well, what kind? Four. There's four kinds. We just say love again. Storge is exemplified in Noah's family, for instance. He and his wife, their sons, their sons' wives were the only human beings who survived the flood. Living in the ark with all those animals and they stayed there together for just over, some people think it was just 40 days and 40 nights. It was a lot longer than that. It took 370 days for the waters to recede. That's a long time for very close-knit living, right? How many like to be in a boat with your family for 370 days? Your in-laws. But just let that marinate sink in a little bit. Plus the smells had to be incredible with the animals. All of the animals, two of each, right? It was a big boat, but come on, is there a big enough boat for that? But they must have had some kind of storge going on to, to be able to do that. We see storge, the, the storge type of love that Jacob had for his 12 sons. They, of course, became the 12 tribes of Israel. It, it's abundantly clear in Genesis that Jacob loved his sons, and especially Joseph. I mean, the family unit was a vital part of ancient Jewish culture as well. The Ten Commandments tell us in Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You want to live long. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you want to live long, the promise is to live long, then honor your father and mother. Why is that true? Because your father and mother, if you honor them, they won't kill you, right? 
Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And the reason I give those two scriptures is because there's this sense, even in the Old Testament, where families came together and, and the parents or the leaders of the family, would, would, would they loved them so much that they would give them the word of God. They would teach them the principles. They would sit down with them and instill those values, those principles, those truths into them. And we see storge in the New Testament as well. There was a strong familial love between the two sisters, Martha and Mary, and Lazarus, their brother, who Jesus later raised from the dead. In Ephesians chapter five and six, we see a lot of teaching about the family. And these scriptures include instructions for wives and husbands to submit or come underneath and support one another, for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church, and for parents, specifically fathers, it says, to not provoke their children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So we see it all through scripture, this, this kind of focus on family units where the love should be so strong, the storge should be there, that 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 they're taking time to teach these things and instill the things of God into those family members. Storge is familial love. You're familiar with those people in your family, both words, again, from the same root word in Latin, familia. Storge is that familial love. Our families, again, are familiar to us, and if you, when you love like that your family, how could you not instill those things in your family and your kids? How could you not act in a way that's godly within your homes? And how many know sometimes we miss the mark on that? You know, um, my mom uh, came from a family of 13 children. It's part of the reason why I have so many first cousins and I, I've lost count, but I know on that side of the family there's 64 four or five or something like that, first cousins. Some of them have passed, but, but yeah, a lot of cousins. And my, my mom's family grew up in a rural community in southwest Minnesota where there was always work to be done on the farm, which was in the heat of summer, and the winters were long and cold, so they spent a lot of time together, both outside working and inside waiting for it to get warm. <laughs> They had a common thread of music that bonded them together. Singing, harmonizing, piano and guitar playing was like second nature to them. And they still get together and sing, my mom's siblings. It's always fun to be in those circles and listen to them harmonize and sing together as a family. They had groups that actually went out and and sang. But those relational, familial bonds have endured through their lives. They get together and they they really truly love one another. And they've even taken care of one another as they become older and they've lost a few of siblings and, and also some of their spouses. But it's just been a beautiful thing for me to watch growing up to see how much those brothers and sisters, my aunts and uncles on my mom's side, just love each other so much. It's an example of storge love, familial love, family love that naturally occurred because of the familiarity with one another. But then it was continually kindled and held on to through the years. It's not always like that. Life circumstances can break down that natural storge that families feel. Uh, Abuse and neglect in the family can certainly mess it up and keep it from naturally developing. We know that. 
But family love within your home is extremely important. Extremely important. It is the job of parents to create an environment where storge can flourish. It's more important than all the busy stuff that takes up the time that our families should be using to encourage storge. It happens naturally, but it's not natural to be completely absent from one another as a family, and that's often what happens, right? I'm convinced that our culture is choking out this familial affection that we should be enjoying in our homes, and it's as if there's an agenda to kill it. Have you noticed that? Let's just kill all that family time. Let's kill every, let's find all the ways we can to get rid of it. It is an agenda. We know who's behind it. But the agenda really is to tear down the institution of the family. And to fight that agenda, it starts in our own homes. You know, family first actually means family first. Not work, hobbies, sports, or musical groups, or dance teams, or hunting, or whatever. Family first, and just, just underneath your relationship with God, right? Family first, God then family. And understand me this morning, those hobbies and activities that get in the way of family time, they're not bad things in and of themselves if, if you do them right. If you do them right, they can even be a platform for Storgate to form. I mean, a father and son going out and sitting in a, in a hunting blind together, a lot of Storgate can be developed there. It's just when we all go our separate ways and there's never any time. I know you're probably sick of me bragging on my kids. So I'll brag on two of our pastoral staff members, Pastor Joe and Pastor Amelia. Um, <laughs> and no, because they work at the church now, I don't owe them any money for saying their names, so just so you know. But they recently, um, they saved up some money over a period of time, and they, they, they took that money, and they, they had a 10-foot dining room table made. It's a beautiful piece of furniture. It was made by Nathan Thomas, who's the worship pastor over at Breen Assembly of God. But what's more beautiful than their 10-foot-long dining room table is the storge that will naturally occur in their home as they eat together. I, I went over there yesterday, and I saw the table for the first time, and, and it's just a table, right? But it represents so much more. You know, new houses don't have dining rooms in them anymore. We don't sit down at the table and eat together anymore as families, do we? A lot of, a lot of us. It's, let's get it on the fly. But I saw that table, and it was just like, I was proud of them because it was an investment in storge. You know, I, I thought about that for a while yesterday, thinking, would we be willing to change where we live to produce storge in our home? Would we be, able, would we be willing to change jobs to lower our income if we have to for the sake of storge within our home? Would we be willing to, to not be involved in so many extracurricular things so that storge could flourish? Would we remodel a room in our house so storge could happen? If storge is important, then we would probably make it important. But all too often, it's not. You won't be surprised that storge is also the familial love that can naturally occur between us and our pets. Have you ever had a dog or a cat? If you're a cat person, I'll throw you a bone there. 
that you just love or love so much. That's storge. And guess what? Your pet probably has storge for you as well. Just being familiar with them and them with you, it created a bond over time. And it's funny, with pets, it doesn't hardly take any time at all, does it? And it's a strong bond. I've, I've known more than one person who's died only to have their pet die a few days later because of sadness. That's a strong familial love. I've known dogs who had this type of love for other dogs and even dogs that had this type of affection. I don't understand it, but familial love for a cat. I've seen it. It's sometimes difficult to know where storge may end and, and, and phileo begins as well. I'm, I'm kind of switching gears here. They're both affectionate loves that can certainly overlap, but storge begins with that natural, familiar type of love, even with our pets. It's got a head start on phileo. We talked about that last week, what phileo is. Phileo takes that effort from both parties from the very beginning of the relationship. But storge just kind of occurs naturally because you're familiar. Do you remember, um, and some of you probably won't, most of you probably won't, but do you remember when I said that the word storge is not used in the Bible earlier? Remember that? Oh, good, you were listening. It's just implied. Well, the word astorgos, everybody say astorgos, is a variation of the word storge with an A in front of it. In the Greek language, this word means the opposite of storge, and it is found in Scripture. So if someone was astorgos, astorgos, it means they are without natural loving affection. They are hard-hearted. This word is used in the Bible. In an Old Testament, an Old Testament example would be Cain murdering his brother Abel. He had no familial affection for him. If he had, he would not have killed him. That natural love would have kept him from committing the act. Romans 1, 26, 31, looking at the New Testament, and this is referring to um, an unrepentant people. Uh, is there any examples of that in the world? Probably there has been in the past, there will be in the future, there is in the present. For this reason, God gave them up to, a vile, pa to, to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. It's talking about homosexuality right there, obviously. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. These are, these are it's still talking about people who are just unrepentant. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, malice, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. Oh, this is so encouraging, isn't it? Violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy. And then this word, unloving. Unloving. Unforgiving and unmerciful. That word unloving, though, is the original Greek, astorgos, which is the opposite of storge, or not having that love in your heart that should naturally be there and be produced with your family. And this, this scripture describes what God will do for a people who continually go down the path of unrighteousness. It can be applied to families, churches, and even nations. 
I think we see some of those things absolutely happening in our world as, our, as the people of our nation, it's happening in our nation, happening in our world, but as the people of this world and the people of our nation are unrepentant. As they go against God's word, you see these things coming upon them. And there's like this unloving thing, this opposite of storge thing happening even within the home. What do you think is decaying the home from within? It's a spirit of unloving, no natural affection. It's, we're just roommates. It happens in marriages. It happens between parents and kids. It's just like it's gone. And it's not that God takes it away. He just gives themselves, he gives those people over to their own depravity and it leaves. It's not produced like it should be. And it's not how God intended it. How many know your home is your sanctuary and God wants you to go home and into a loving place where, where things are wonderful in your home? I understand they're not ever going to be perfect, but, but if everyone's on the same page and loving each other and storge's flowing and you've invested in that, guess what? You can have a home like that. I believe you can have a loving home. I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibilities for you. But when people refuse to repent, and unrepentant people, things like all those things that we talk about, that's what, that's what happens. That's what ensues. That's the result. That's the cause and effect, if you will. The cause is unrepentantness. The effect is all these things, one of them being that natural love is just gone. Paul uses the same word again in his letter to Timothy. Astorgos, the opposite of storge. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 3. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. I love that we're doing a class on the signs of the times because they're on their way if they're not already here, right? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And verse 3, the, the first word, unloving. That's the same word, it's astorgos in the Greek. Forgiving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Unloving here means no storge, the opposite of storge. This is what will happen as the world continues to go the way they are going. In both instances, Paul wasn't just saying that people will become more unloving, he was making the point that people will lack, they won't even have it, the natural love and affection that family members should have for one another. And you see it in our society today. Some of the breakdown is happening all around us. Recognize it. Make sure you know what it is in your own home so you can stop it. You may have witnessed in nature how mothers have this natural instinct to protect their young. I've seen it in birds. I don't like birds flying at me. But you're out there mowing the yard and there's some barn swallow or something you get too close to its nest and they start diving at you. Anybody ever experienced that? I hate that. I don't know if it's because of that old movie, The Birds or whatever it was, but <laughs> I always think it's going to come down and peck your eye out or something, right? They defend their young though. And I, I've seen it um, when I was running from an old boss cow who, who was mad at me because I got a little too close to the calf. Some of you have done that. That's storge that they're having for their young ones, which is why astorgus is, or astorgus is how you would describe those who yell and scream for the right to kill their own babies through abortion. It, it doesn't make any sense to those 
of us who have storge or natural affection in our hearts for our families and for our kids and for our offspring. And, and I, I know there are those that have had abortions who've gone through horrific guilt and shame. They believe the lie and they were, they're, they're told and then they go through with it to their own regret. Let me say this today, there's forgiveness in Christ. There's no longer any reason to live under the condemnation and shame of anything we have done once it's covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That shame is gone. But it's different for those that keep demanding and keep in that place of unrepentantness. They keep demanding and screaming. I mean, I can't, I can't believe when you're watching television, some of these things, and you see on these news, news stories and stuff, how people will literally scream and beg and shout and get rough with others just for the right to kill their own kid. It's depravity. It's so astorgas, the opposite of storge. Storge being the natural love that you just automatically feel for your offspring. The same could be said of parents who beat their children or a husband or wife who continually beat their spouse. They may have some sense of storge in there somewhere, but it's on the decline and they will eventually lose it altogether if they continue to be unrepentant. It'll just be gone. It just naturally won't be there. Last week I gave you a scripture as an example of phileo. It is in fact phileo, the scripture I gave you, but I, also, I, I only gave you really half the story on that particular word because we hadn't got into storge yet. It's in Romans 12, 10. And it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Phileo, we talked about that last week. In honor, giving preference to one another. It's also the verse in another version says, get good at playing second fiddle, if you remember that. In this particular scripture, storge and phileo are used together. Kind of how we make compound words in English by putting the two words together. The original word here is not phileo and it's not storge. It's philostorgus, which is the only time it's in scripture. It's philostorgus, which is the compound word and it combines storge and phileo together. It's very interesting. The Greek term refers to not only deep friendship and the affectionate love of phileo, but it also refers to the natural family affection of storge. It's a great word for describing the love that brothers and sisters in Christ should have for one another. Because guess what? We can have phileo love with one another, and that's wonderful as a church family, but somewhere along the line, that phileo will turn, could turn into storge, and we're not just friends with brotherly affection, we're family, and our affection for one another is natural. It takes it to a whole new level. And I love the fact that God used this word through Paul in the scripture. It's only one time, but it's a combination of the two. And, and, and it's important for you to understand when you're studying like phileo and these Greek words, I mean, you can go down rabbit trails that take you hours and none of, it, none of that work you do ends up in the sermon, right? Because it's just like, wow, wow. It gets so deep you can't even get to the end of it. But this brings the two together. And it makes total sense. On just the familial basis only, we see each other every week. 
We spend time together in life groups. We work side by side together in projects or in volunteer ministry. Storge love begins to develop very naturally without effort. I believe we sometimes can feel more of a natural affection for our brothers and sisters in Christ than we do for our own biological families. That happens. When a person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, he or she becomes a full member of the family of God, a full member with all the privileges and joys of being a part of that family. We're bound together, church, by something stronger than physical blood ties as the family of God. We're bound together by the Holy Spirit. And we may not be blood relatives, but we are certainly related through the blood of Jesus Christ. In Romans 12, 10, God just is telling us here, with using that word, philastorgus, God is telling us that as a family, we are to love one another with deep affection, the deep affection of storge, familial love, even though we're not blood relatives. Yes, phileo, friendship, deep friendship, affectionate love, but it, we become family through the blood of Jesus. It's powerful truth. When you read the scriptures describing the other church, you sense this familial love amongst them. It's a natural love that is produced because they are part of the same family, the family of God. And I love how the word of God, again, is, is just so precise. It would be impossible to figure out exactly where storge turns into phileo or where phileo turns into storge. So, so God makes sure in this one instance that philostorgus is used to describe how these loves are intertwined in believers. And I have to say, storge within the church family is going to be incredibly important if we're going to stay strong in the Lord through future perilous times. We need each other. I can't emphasize that enough. You can look around this room and say, well, I don't need that guy and I don't need that gal. I don't need them. I don't need them. I'm good all on my own. I'm telling you, we need each other. Amen. I'm a pre-tribulation rapture believer. Anybody with me there? Amen. But I also believe things are going to certainly become worse in this world, and we are going to have to probably stay at least a little while through some really tough stuff. Some of us have already gone through tough stuff. And if you don't think that's true, as far as uh, staying here through tough stuff, ask some of the people in other parts of the world, uh, some other Christians that are going through some incredibly horrific things, even now. We're going to have to stay strong until he comes back, or our life here on earth is done. And we're going to need storge in the church in order to stand strong together. And it's not just to stand strong and hold the fort. It's not, let's get together, let's board up the windows and the doors, let's hunker down. It's not that, because God never called this church to do that. We need Storge to push forward and together build his kingdom, no matter how hard it gets and how tough that is, until he returns again. And building his kingdom is loving on people and inviting them in and having them become a part of his church. His church, not necessarily this church, his church. Winning people to Christ. Storge in the church family, philostrogus. It's essential if we're going to accomplish his will for this church. And I, I, we see it all around. We see it here all the time. Um, whenever we've taken a missions trip, that storge love just kind of develops naturally between those that are on the trip. 
I'm pretty sure that I feel that kind of love towards Miss Janet over there. You know, we sat in an airplane 21 hours next to each other. I mean, she knows everything about me. The way I snore, the way, I mean, she knows everything, right? That familial love is formed when you do things like that. That's why, that's why when teams come back from missions trips, they, they're, like, they're like a club. They're like a clique. We did this together. That's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're not allowed in. It just means they develop some storge love, which is pretty cool. You go on a missions trip and get that. We see it every time we do an outreach as a church. We see those um, that come to weekly prayer meetings. The ladies that come in here and pray, and pray on Thursdays, they're close. They're friends. They love one another. A storge is produced because they're ministering together. They're, they're, they're exercising their faith in prayer together, and it bonds them to one another. We see it in life groups. How many know that when life group's over, half the time people are mad because they, oh, it's over? And then they, they start having meetings. Hey, let's have a reunion of the life group we had three years ago, you know? It's like, you can't break up the familial bond. That's storge love. We see it on the softball teams. Man, softball, how does that happen? You play together and you get mad together and you kick dirt on the ump together and pretty soon you're just in love with one another. I mean, it's just amazing how that works. I don't know. It's familial bonding. When this church planted New Journey in Knoxville, it's good to have Dave and Sarah here this morning. Um, I didn't know they're gonna be here. There were, there were many work days and work nights before they even got here where we went up there with a group of people, guys who did demo, guys who plumbed, guys who did electrical work, guys who, or gals who cleaned, and I mean, just on and on and on. We, we did a lot of work there, spent a lot of time there. The guy at the Hardee's um, restaurant knew me very well because I kept getting lunch there. We experienced that natural storge as we work side by side as a church family. And there's still a sense of that with those believers over there as well. I mean, I can call those, I can call the people over at New Journey. They know who I am. I know who they are. And there's this familial love we have for one another. Even the new pastor, Pastor Dave, there's a connection, just an automatic connection because of what we all invested over there. It's just a natural thing because we help give birth to that church. And, and you know what? Let's just get a little crazy this morning. I'm just going to announce something else. We are in the infancy stages of planting another church. Isn't that awesome? Awesome, yeah. I'm not the kind of pastor who wants to plant a church so I can have another campus and I can, not every pastor does this who does that, build my kingdom, Okay. Some of that works really good for some people. For me, I'm just telling you right now, I got enough to do dealing with all of you. So, <laughs> so we plan another church because sometimes to multiply, you have to divide. And that's okay. And that's good. But there's five churches in the city limits of Norwalk. There's over 15,000 people. You know, we have like 30 churches in Indianola. That's not enough churches in that town. There's churches on the outskirts. Some of them really, I, I, CLA, they reach, they reach a lot of South Des Moines. They reach some of Norwalk as well. And some could say, well, aren't you getting on their turf? Until, every, until there's 15,000 people going to church on a Sunday morning, no one's on anybody's turf, right. right? 
The average basically is all over the United States is about 20% of the people in an area, and that goes for Warren County too, about 20% of the people are actually in church on a Sunday morning. That means you could fill every sanctuary in this town many times over if everybody came in because only 20% are, are, are there. There's 80% out there. You know, if, if, you were, if you were opening, if you were the owner of a chain of bars, you'd be like, oh, we can have another bar in that town. But you open another church in that town and people are like, what are you doing? That's their territory. No. no. We need more churches. More churches. Life-giving, gospel-preaching, Pentecostal churches. We need more of those. Yeah. And there's very gifted pastors who can pastor, you know, thousands of people. I'm not that gifted. I, I can only deal with a few, several hundred, you know? I mean, seriously, I'm just not that gifted. That's okay. I think, I think different strokes for different folks. And sometimes um, a community like Norwalk just needs another church. It doesn't have to be a huge mega church unless God wants it to be. But uh, where they, the people there can get real pastoral care, real pastoral love, and a sense of storge that they may be missing. We even have a couple that would like to pastor that church and I'm, not, I'm, I'm being a little more official than I wanted to be here today, but uh, I'm just wanna, I just want to wet your whistle on this a little bit. Um, but Pastor Brandon and Pastor Zara Kintz um, are, are jacked about starting a church. Yes. And I think that's pretty cool. And we can get behind them. They're getting ministry credentials with the Assemblies of God this spring. And uh, I want you to understand, though, we're totally in God's hands with this. It's just the beginning planning stages. There's nothing being quite done yet but planning stages. But I tell you what, if God's in it, and we believe he is, then we are going to need the strength that comes from a church that walks in storge. Yeah. You need that familial love. That love will not only allow us to give financially and, and even people resources, work resources over there, the storge that we have will become part of the DNA of that church. And I'm telling you, there's plenty of churches that don't have storge like we have it. We're blessed. We're blessed. And that's not because of me, that's because of what God has done in this place between you guys. You take a little bit of that storge, that love, what you gotta do is walk out on the foyer after church on Sunday. Everybody that comes in here and speaks says the same thing. Oh my gosh, you have such a healthy church. Oh my Lord, your church is so healthy. Because they see it out there. That's the storge. That's the love between this family, familial love. There are churches that exist and there are churches that just seem to have the it factor. And I think we're one of those churches that have it. The it is not easily defined as much as it's felt. But I believe church families that possess storge for one another are the ones that have it. Doesn't mean we're perfect. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. How many know we aren't? How many, would, how many would raise your hand and say, I'm not perfect? Oh, wow, that's good response. Some of you didn't raise your hand, but that's still okay. How many would say, let, I, get, I bet you I can get all your participation here. How many would say I, that Pastor Barry's not perfect? <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody's hands go up. Yeah, that's so awesome. So true. We're not perfect. But I tell you what, we got some good things going on here. So in closing today, I'm going to ask this. How's your storge? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure it's fine with your favorite pet. But how's it with your family at home? How's it with your extended family? So I want you to think about that for a second. 
because maybe you need to make some phone calls this week. Maybe you need to think about that relationship that you've dropped the ball on with that family member or that family member. Maybe it's with your own home and you need to have to sit down and, and maybe as a parent you need to look at your child and say, I'm sorry for not being there like I should have been. Maybe you need to sit down with your mom and dad and say as a teenager, I'm sorry for treating you so poorly and not honoring you in who you are. Everybody's probably got room to grow on this, am I right? There's husbands that need to say it to their wives, there's wives that need to say it to their husbands, but I apologize and I'm gonna work at doing better and not letting everything else get in the way. Let God speak to you about that. Maybe it is a phone call to mom far away or a sister or an uncle or I don't know, but that familial love that you should have with your family, it's not there and you need to fix it. Fix it before we have to do your funeral and then I have to talk to your relatives about what was wrong. And if you don't think I have to do that all the time, you are crazy. I'm tired of doing that. Tired of it. Storge is natural familial affection. It's natural, naturally there, but don't fool yourself. Love takes work no matter what. It's sacrificing and it always serves. Love always serves. You have to create time and space for Storge to grow and flourish in your home. And I challenge you today to make some phone calls, write some text messages and do all those things I just talked about. Let's pray today. Lord God, I thank you so much that you love us with an everlasting love, that the love you love us with is agape, which we'll talk about next week. It's a supreme love. And Lord, I, I pray right now for every person in this, this congregation, everybody that's listening online, if there are family relationships in their home or even extended family that need to be uh, shored up, where apologies need to be uh, given, where, where forgiveness needs to be extended, even though it's not offered, Apologies aren't offered. God, I, I pray that those things would happen, that you would work in our hearts and that we would do what we can, God, to just encourage and lay the groundwork for Storge to flourish naturally within our homes and within our families. We pray this, God, in your name. Amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.